Hey, welcome to The Screenwriting Life. I'm Meg LaFove. And I'm Lorianne McKenna. We are professional screenwriters. We've worked together as a team and separately. We've worked on studio and indie films, live action and animation, from my work on Inside Out and Captain Marvel. To my work in Pixar's story department on Up, Brave, and Inside Out. We are here to share our insights on the craft of screenwriting and also the life. How to not only survive the ups and downs, but thrive. We want to help you become the best screenwriter you can be and to reassure you that you are not alone on this journey. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are chatting with showrunner turned Marvel studio writer Michael Waldron. Michael started his career interning for Rick and Morty during its first uh, season. Then he was hired by the show's co-creator, Dan Harmon, to be part of the production staff of Harmon's NBC series Community for its fifth season. In 2019, he was hired as head writer and executive producer on the Disney Plus series Loki and has continued his relationship with Marvel, writing the script for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Michael is also the creator and showrunner of the Stars series Heels. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Yes, welcome, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. I'm sure it's a busy time for you. Yes, yeah, it's crazy. Thanks, Thanks so much for having me. Congratulations um, on the movie's release. Yes. Very yes. cool. Very been exciting. a long, been a long uh, journey. We started, I, I came on this thing in February of 2020. So quite a bit has happened wow. uh, since then. I bet. Can't That's wait to great timing. I know. That's great timing. You have yeah. plenty of time to write, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. A lot of time, a lot of time for, for Zoom. That's for sure. Totally. Well, our first part of our uh, show is we do our weeks, which is called Adventures in Screenwriting. And Michael has agreed to share his week. We're going to start with Lorian. She'll show you how it's done. Great. Okay. Yeah, good. (laughs) Because, you know, you had made me go first. I was going to I was going to have technical difficulties. (laughs) Right. No, no. (laughs) All right, Lorian, how was your week? My week was... uh, it's always so hard. How was your week? It's like, I don't know, terrible, amazing, like the ups and downs. Um, I'm working on three TV pitches. Um, the first, the one that's coming up the soonest is um, an animation show. And it is so fun. It's uh, sci-fi and horror and it's on IP. And that's my take is the sci-fi horror take. And I just love it. Um, the stuff I write on my own is very grounded, uh, sort of, you know, adults. But this is so fun. It feels so freeing and so much like play. And I have permission to just do whatever I want. And I love it so much. Uh, The other two shows are, you know, live action grounded. Um, uh, And, you know, I'm also writing something original on my own because when I work so hard on pitches, I don't get to write. I don't get to do the dialogue, which is the thing I love so much and discover character through those, that process. So I'm doing that. Um, I'm also very... uh, like in my, you know, and of course in my personal life, I'm very much in that sandwich generation. I'm, I'm have my daughter and I'm have my husband and then my mother is sick. So I'm sort of trying to figure out with my sister how to manage that. And uh, so all of it has found a way to manifest itself in my back. So I'm trying to figure out how to take care of myself. And it is so hard. Um, so I went for a walk yesterday, like exercise walk. I have my exercise shoes on and um, my shoe became untied and I'm not kidding. It took me minutes to figure out how to strategize, to lean down and tie my shoe. At one point I thought, I'll just lie here on the sidewalk for a while. I didn't, but it must've looked like slow motion, like old lady bending down to tie her shoe thing. I mean, it was, I got back to the house and I was like, oh no, this is real. I have yeah, to figure out how to dude. take care of myself, but you, you, know, won't we write. you won't be able to write. You won't be able to and do your do your that's, work. It it you took that. To. Like normally, my stress manifests in my stomach, and that's sort of like okay, I can deal with that. But I can't sit and write if my back hurts. So it is now so big in my life and threatening my life and my livelihood. It's like oh god, I do have to take care of myself, but I don't know how. Like I haven't even made a dentist appointment in like two years. Like how do you? Well, you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to learn. I know, but Michael, does that happen to you or is this a girl thing? (laughs) No, no, this is my, my wife is across the room and I'm certain she's hearing all this thinking, oh, got it. That that's why the car hasn't gotten the smog test done. (laughs) Like, and it's, and it's, it's so weird how, 
it's, I'm like, why can I not, I'm not going to finish this movie, this screenplay today. Like I'm not going to solve every problem today. In fact, a good day of work would be a single good idea a lot of the time, but somehow it seems like if I take the time, if I take 30 minutes to get my life in order or uh, take care, <laughs> take care of myself, that it's that I'm like, oh no, that that will totally ruin my my creative endeavor, and I. The, yeah. yeah. So I'm. I'm. I'll be joining you on the sidewalk soon. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Your writer just lying brain, there man. on the side with untied <laughs> shoes. I mean, there, do you? What I feel is this: when you're working, like this constant sense of urgency, right? Yes, like you said, one good idea, one good line of dialogue, you know. But this this sense of if I step away from 30 minutes, somehow I'll lose lose not just that, but it all somehow is that. Or am yeah, I? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I I'm sure you guys. Feel. I mean, I, I, every day I'm like doing the thing that I dreamt about doing my entire life. And, and it feels like we all probably have a little bit of that fraud complex. And, it, and it's like, if I ever take my foot off the gas, even just to go get the mail, I probably won't be able to do this dream job anymore. They'll find out. Yeah. They'll find out I didn't produce enough. I didn't have great enough ideas. Exactly. All these ideas today. There's one good one, but look at all these bad ones. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's why I can't, I can't get the mail that's, you know, so the, there, there it is. I got a stuffed mailbox. Michael, how was your week? It was, I mean, this was, this is a, this was not a typical week for me. Um, because this, why guess, is that? <laughs> yeah this this was the week the movie came out and this is my first time writing a movie that got made and to have it you know make make a bunch of money has been created i'm like refreshing the box office website i feel like i'm in an episode of entourage like uh <laughs> but it's but it's fun and it's like embracing all that is is cool and i'm um it, it's been great celebrating that success with Sam, our director, who I love so much. We were, we were in a foxhole together for a long time. And to see him having this great success later in his career is awesome. And we went around to, to a couple of different theaters on Friday, me and Sam and Kevin Feige and some of the Marvel folks and introduced the, the movie, surprised some audiences. And that was really fun. Um, so it's, so it's been, it's been great. And in that sense, at the same time, it's like, I've remarked a couple of times, it's like, a, I'm, I'm very overstimulated. Like I'm, I have a very regimented routine typically of like, I wake up really early and I work and then maybe it's like my, I'll, I'll go exercise or play golf or something like, like just the quiet things in my life is very not quiet right now. Uh, so I, I guess I look forward to, to maybe some quiet on the other end of all this. Are you able when you're doing all of this, because you don't have that quiet time, are you like thinking of other new ideas or other projects you have, you know, in the future, are you able even to think about that kind of access that creative space? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it's the best time to think about that stuff because you're, it's an escape. You're doing some of your best because, because it's like I'm not on a deadline necessarily. You know, I'm helping out with some stuff over there. And, and then I have, you know, my, my set projects that are, that are my next things lined up. And they become an escape from the chaos if I can you know, just daydream about them um, as opposed to feeling like, all right, I got to get these pages turned in and, and everything. So that's, that's at least how, how I've had to approach it. The nice thing is having most of my life and work centralized under working with Kevin and with Disney is, um, is I'm not, I don't have different masters at different places <laughs> you know like, like it's like they get that i'm on the press tour for dr strange so i don't have deadlines on other stuff looming at the moment 
that, that's a that's always that a is helpful. Skill. That is very yeah. helpful. That is very helpful. Um, what about you, Meg? My week. Let's just do my week real quick because I don't think anybody wants to hear about it when you're on the on the podcast. Right. But I'll just say quickly. Um, you know, I'm uh, also writing something that's very large with lots of characters uh, and lots of plot. And it's that layering process, you know, and I think that's also why it's hard to stop and give yourself a break because there's so many balls in the air and you're trying to even into one scene layer so many things that are shifting and moving and it's still got to be fun and it's supposed to be a set piece, but what's happening to her arc and blah, 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 you know, it's just, there's so many, uh, you know, you're doing draft after draft trying to get those layers down and it's just um, trying to find the layering versus economy, right? Like, well, this is a good idea, but that's way too long. Like we can't do all that. So how can we do that five pages? And I don't know, half a page, what's the concept to get this? Or wow, everybody's standing around talking. <laughs> like shit, what, this has to be active. Like, okay, so I have to put that layer in. Like, how do I, what's the game of this scene, right? Like that layer has to go in. Like, what's the game of the scene? What's the, what are they trying to do in the scene versus just stand here? Like, it's just, all that layering going on and the economy of it. And I'd say my, my big kind of challenge, let's not call it a struggle for the week in my craft was um, kind of what I want for the story and the character versus what the world rules are, right? Like, and especially on, I'm sure Michael, you know, with Marvel, this happens all the time or with anything that you have IP underneath, especially, but even if you're just making it up for yourself and you've made your own world rules, well, you've made them. So um, or the IP has them, or it's just the genre or whatever the rules are versus, I know, but it'd be so good if like metaphorically right now she was in a prison and you're like, but they're in cars. So I'm just making that up. You know what I mean? Like you're right. like, shit. Like it's just that trying to stay in the fun spitball of it and not get too like panicked about the metaphor, emotional character stuff I want to them to be doing versus the world rules or the genre, what you set up or what set piece you need right here. Just all that layering that goes into one of these, especially bigger projects. But I think in any project, be that TV or, or a small indie film, it doesn't matter. Always there's this layering in storytelling that has to happen. And, you know, that's my big drum that I beat, which is why you're doing so many drafts. Like I think a lot of emerging writers have this idea, Michael, that you as this big, professional experienced writers sit down and you write one draft and there's all the 10 layers. And if they can't do that, they're not really writers. And it's just like, no. ha -ha. yeah, I mean, that that's, that's the, I mean, I must, there must be 200 drafts of this script that, that I, that I worked on. And, and yeah, to, to everything you were just saying, what, what I learned, especially in the process, you, you learn so much watching a movie with the audience for the first time. You know, this is my first time watching something in a theater, watching the audience react to it and everything. And you see those, those big scenes that felt so important with where you, where I really layered metaphors on top of exposition, on top of whatever that seems so important to me. Maybe they fall a little bit flat because what the audience really is there for is character. That's, right. and, it, and it's simple. The, the movie, you're, you're so much better off if you can just start simply because that's what you're going to end up whittling it down to either in ensuing drafts on set or eventually butchering it in the edit. Uh, I, I feel like you'll end up trying to find the simplest story. I saw... Um, I saw the new Top Gun a couple of nights ago and I love the first Top Gun. It's one of my favorite movies and the new one is tremendous and it's real. it's just such a simple character story. Uh, and that, yeah, and talk I, about that a little bit. When you say whittling it on all, all down to character, which I, I a hundred percent, a thousand percent agree. And it's how I build, um, but now, you know, you're talking about Marvel, Loki or Marvel, which is just so much, there's so many things going on. So what is that process of, do you have a process to get it back down to the character? Well, it's trying to understand it 
before you go in. So, so it feels like you've got a really strong core or a really strong foundation that you're building around with Loki. You know, I, I knew from the beginning that, it, that this was a, a story about his search for identity and ultimately a journey of, of him forgiving himself and, and the story of self-love. Um, and with strange and Wanda, it's a totally different thing. You know, it's, it's strange kind of, it's Wanda reckoning with, um, her grief in a different way and in her pursuit of her children and, and, um, and with strange, it's him confronting the notion that maybe, uh, the way he does things isn't the path to happiness. Um, and, and, and fulfillment for him. And so you want you, it's, it's like, I just try to understand like, what are, what are the very, what are those very simple character journeys? What's the simple, something James Ponsel, a buddy of mine said to me once, the writer director, what's the love story in, in this movie or in this story, in, in this show? Not, not mean necessarily romantic love story, but just between two characters or a character in the what is that central relationship um and just trying to find all of that before you start figuring out what are the rules of the multiverse because you want the plot at least to me to bend to the will of the character stuff and not the other way around um because ultimately it will when you're on set you'll be standing there with the actors and, it, and if if it's plot driven and not character driven, everybody's going to suss that out and you're just going to find yourself rewriting in a frenzy and you're going to end up with something that kind of sucks. So you, you want, you do, you do, you know, tr trying to start simply. So how do you do that? How do you, um, what's the, your process of figuring out what it's about before you go in, right? I tend to figure out what it's about. Like I just start writing. Right. I figure so, out, I think it's about this and then on draft two, I'm like, shit, no, it's about this. And totally. three, I mean, like you're yeah. like, you're, are you still, are you still processing through writing or do you do it all in cards or no, no, I'm, I mean, I, that's, that's, I guess that's the next day is everything I just said. I immediately throw out the door because I'm terrible at outlining. I don't do note cards and I really can only discover it on the page through dialogue. So it's like, I just have to have like, a sense in my head of something emotion, something that moves me that can pull me through the pages. And then, and then hopefully at the end of that, you're like, okay, maybe it's this. And then you're, you're, you're shaping that thing. It just needs to be at your, at the forefront, whatever it's really about. So this is really validating because I have the same process, but when I've been working with a network, right, they, need the outline or a studio, they need the outline. So how do you find the balance? You know, like when you're on a TV show and you're pitching a show, you sell it, they're like, okay, what's the outline? We need the outline. So how do you well, do that? You know, you got to just do it. <laughs> and, it and it's, and it's embracing, totally. <laughs> you know, to, to, to the sense that embracing the fact that an outline, it, it only feels like a book report if you make it feel like that, there's no, you know, and I, and I now just write dialogue heavy outlines because that's what actually makes me engage with them. And that's how I discover in the outline phase. And I think that that makes my outlines more valuable And you don't want to, I mean, that's, it's tricky because you don't want to, if you overload an outline with dialogue, then it's going to become a slog to read. Um, but that's, I guess that's my trick is dialogues, what I like writing the most. So I just don't, yeah. you know, I let myself have that joy, even in the outline. Do you think it's fair that what you're putting into the outline is your voice, the tone of the show? I think a lot of people think the outline has to be this very generic, overly crafted sort of uh, document, like a book report, but it can't, it should be the voice of the show or the voice of the characters, like you're saying, is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I, I think hopefully it's it's your voice. It, it's it's the voice of the storyteller. You know, you don't. I guess you don't want to get too cute 
by, you know, in the same way that like you can get too cute, even in your action lines and everything. It's like, if you're just trying to be Shane black on, in your action too much, then you're probably going to end up annoying people. Um, but I mean, your personality should shine through at the same time. Like I, there's also versions of outlines that are very bare bones and there's, it's just a blueprint. And I think that works too. It's just, it's whatever, how does, what helps you get to the end of it? That's the trick. Yeah. And I'm just digging at this because I think a lot of emerging writers think there's a formula. Yeah. You know, this is how it's done. This is how Michael does it. So that's how it should be done. And it's like, well, that's how you're doing it that one time for that one project, right. you know, is what we try to talk about a lot. A lot of our, a lot of our viewers asked about writing from IP, um, especially a Marvel situation where you've got, you know, IP ahead of you, behind you, you know, six movies that way to 10 movies that way. Um, how you approached working with, uh, IP material of that depth. The same, it was the same thing on Dr. Strange as with Loki. And, and this is, this, this comes from Kevin Feige in the studio, which is don't worry about all the other stuff. Don't worry about what came before. Know about it because it's because it's potentially emotional dynamite for you. Uh, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about the future. Um, just make what you make your project the best it can possibly be. You know, operate as if the future of Marvel Studios hinges on my little Loki show. Uh, and how do you make put yourself in it when the, the IP is there and it obviously was created by someone and it's and he's a beloved character and all of that like do you, do you have any process for making it your own so to speak I think that it's at least in that case when, when you're going to the Marvel world it's I'm not trying to you're not consciously saying I want to make it my you know you don't you don't I guess you don't want to make something pre-packaged. You, you want to trust that, that I'm entering into a collaboration with this broader world that exists. And I'm going to do my version of a, of a Marvel thing. And in the case of Loki, that meant some really long dialogue scenes that I never thought I was going to get away with. But in fact, they encouraged and said, can we have more of that? Um, you know, and then... In Doctor Strange, you know, there's, I actually tried to write toward making a Sam Raimi movie even more than a, um, a Marvel movie because I, you know, and that, and that's it, it, it was a feature thing. And I really thought of myself as Sam's partner and I wanted to set him up for success. Um, so I think, you know, you, in television, I guess there's there's more of an opportunity to to make it yours. There, you know, there's more runway. Maybe television writers have certainly have a little more power. Um, but you can't get overwhelmed, especially in a big IP thing, with with the notion of how I'm going to make it my own because it's got to get made first. Uh, I, I'm a, such a huge fan of Loki, by the way. I'm slightly geeking out, but. Um, Same. and I, I loved it. I loved reading about your director on that, uh, TV show. She sounded awesome. How was it working? How is it working with a director? Is there, and there may be no difference between working with a director in television or working with the director in features. Now, certainly in television, uh, show running is very different, right? But just if you could talk a little bit about that for them. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Loki, by the way, we can't, we referenced inside out a ton. I, I don't know if you, I'm sure, you know, you've worked with Kevin, like inside out is one of his favorite movies. Like he adores that movie. Um, but we, we referenced that as an example of like, here's how you build a, a world, you know, this high concept world and with rules that, that's a bureaucracy to some extent and take it seriously, you know, and, and, and you never really sell out the idea and make it emotionally charged inside out was a great um a great north star for us thank you i, I just thought what you did and i want to hear about the directors too but now i'm going to throw in another question because i just have so many i just love having you here loki as a character was so fascinating the character and i know he's not someone you quote unquote created but your 
your your uh, universe of him um because he was so appealing even as he was being very naughty right like just he's an anti-hero in some sense right i mean and yet you just gave him such humanity i'd love to talk about that too so now i've thrown two giant questions on the table okay well so so first off the collaboration with the director kate heron brilliant i mean that that's she I couldn't have been luckier to have her come on. And and really it was a baton pass on that show in a lot of ways because it wasn't traditional show running on Loki. I was the creator and head writer in this, you know, and, and then um, as we went into production, you know, it, it was, it became more Kate's. It was run more like a feature. Um, fortunately, and this is, this is rare. I think our scripts were all in really good shape. We kind of, we kind of got it right. Um, and that I think as we just got lucky, I had an amazing writer's room on that project. And, and we all, my, my original pitch on that show was guys, what if the Loki show was the best show anybody had ever seen? Um, like what if Loki? I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal that for all my pitches coming up. What if this is the best show you've ever seen? By the way, right. I mean, I mean, by the way, you should like, like it's, it's a weirdly subversive thing to say, or it's like, yeah, but what if it was incredible? Because, because it's like, there was, I always felt like there's a version of the Loki. Of course it's low hanging fruit. He's a beloved character and it's time travel. You, You could have him. I always said that it like, okay, great. It's going to be him riding with Paul Revere saying the British aren't coming. <laughs> like, like that's going to be like, <laughs> that's the sketch comedy version of the show. And so we set in our writer's room, a really high bar for the ambition of what the show could be. And Kate came in and matched that and then elevated it, you know, with the crew that she hired and with, just the staggering amount of work she put into making the show. And so, you know, she, she had the same approach and I think that's how we got that. It was cool because her and I both were, were pretty young to have that opportunity on that show. And we both, I think felt like we really had something to prove that that was our big shot. And, um, and it just, it came together and it worked. The, the, the other ingredient in all of that is the cast. Um, Great cast. And and it, yeah. And it, is so good. Exactly. And it's especially Tom Hiddleston as, as Loki. I was fortunate because I got to create a TV show in, in, in which I didn't have to find really the, the emotional depth of my protagonist, it was already there. It mm. was because Tom had been playing it on the screen and, and, and I knew, wow, we, we have one of the best actors alive. We're putting him in the show. It's gonna be good no matter what. And so I felt like it was my job to just find moments for him to shine. So like the end of episode one, mm. where he sees his life play out in front of him it's like great here's a great showcase for what tom can do um so so it was just a lot of collaboration with him with with tom talking about you know talking about the character uh talking about how to make sure we were exploring something new that we weren't just retreading old ground from the movies um i love working with actors that's you know that that is what we do certainly in this in the world that i'm in um and it's i i think it's such a joy and yeah it was just can you talk a little bit about that because of course emerging writers you're not aren't going to have access to to actors especially of that level and yet you are writing for actors and i think a lot of times writers forget that they're writing for actors and what does the actor need in this scene and what are you exploring for the actor and what does the actor get to do and behavior like what do you love about working with an actor well that's who you go to the the movies for right 
like that's you know that is what probably drew all of us into this originally is these great performances and and there's so much crap i mean really we're writing for for actor you know we're creating blueprints for an entire production and i think it behooves all emerging writers to understand that a lot of you're just the first department on is a good way to think about it you know and that there's going to be a million other people who come onto this production and make it their own and they're going to be brilliant in their own ways and and you're all going to work together with with actors um it's their job to emotionally interrogate every moment that you're asking them to inhabit uh because they they have to play that truthfully otherwise they look like an idiot um and so, you know, you, first off, yeah, you, you've got to give a script that is, that is emotionally honest and there's something for them to grab hold of. But then you can also do yourself a lot of favors by just understanding um, just basic communication, be, understanding that part of being a writer, especially in a professional setting, is being able to talk about your work, adjust your work. You know, not everybody's going to ever understand, not everybody's going to always understand it the same way you do. And, but oftentimes they're going to bring a different, deeper understanding to it. And that, that becomes an opportunity for you to, to, to make it better. I, you know, I, so I, so I think reading to the extent that writers can study acting, read books, I, everybody should read the Mike Nichols biography because it's so much about working with actors and just making stuff. Um, I also encourage them to take an acting class. You don't have to be yes. an actor, but you need to know what it feels like and what do you need to say these lines. And I don't. I think it like just like they need to get in an edit eventually, so that they just understand totally. the, that these are different storytellers coming in. That it's, yeah, to, to understand how it's, and look, I used to do it. It's just under, it's easy to think you just operate in a vacuum and it just lives and dies on your final draft on your laptop and that's it. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I did a little stupid cameo in Dr. Strange and, uh, and it's like me walking out onto a balcony next to Rachel McAdams and, and we're supposed to be looking at a giant octopus attacking New York. And we did it, you know, and we're, we were like over halfway through the shoot and I, you know, I had to go get in hair and makeup and everything. And I'd been working with all the actors the whole, the whole way through. And when I was up there standing next to the actors and Rachel and them, and it was time, I was so nervous and that feeling of fear of like, everybody's watching me. If I blow this take, time is money. And everybody's going to look at the monitor and see I was the idiot that means we have to go again. And I'm wasting our time. And I was like, that is so much pressure. And it gives you such a uh, appreciation for what, for what they're able to do under a really immense amount of pressure. Totally. So you were on set the whole time, like every day, was the whole time wow yeah. can you talk a little bit about what that was like as a writer did, you know. yeah as a writer that was that was a it was a blast it was a be, the be, best experience of my life hard because we were in we were shooting in london while we were locked down the entire time so it was a lot of takeout food and eating bagels and just getting out of shape um <laughs> But well, that sounds like everybody's lockdown. I have to say, well, yeah, <laughs> you at least are making a movie. I was but also is, doing eating a lot of bagels. I guess, I guess I'm like, huh, that sounds very familiar. <laughs> I, what, um, like, what is a director? Is it the director calling you in? Are you there? Are you ever approaching anybody on your own? Are you always waiting for the director? Like, well, how does how does even the politics of that work? Well, in the case in the case of this, when I when I started, I never really spent that much time on set because heels, my show on stars that I 
we have a great showrunner on that, Mike O'Malley. And then Loki, they were both shooting in Atlanta, but I was had to be in London. So I had three things in production at once. And Dr. Strange was the thing that, um, that I needed to be there for the most. And on the, on the, I remember on the first day of production, I, I like walked on, I was like, wow. And I just immediately tripped over the Dolly track and almost face planted. <laughs> uh, producer, the, the great Jamie Christopher is a legendary AD, Michael Waldron, everybody. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and you just gotta, you, 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 but, but like by the end, it's like, you're, you're comfortable. You just, you just have to embrace that. I, because at that point I had such a close relationship with Sam and we had developed this movie together so closely over, um, over the course of the pandemic and everything. I, you know, I was there typically with him at the monitor the whole way through. Um, and it was, it was great. And I, and I learned for me, it was like going to film school. I, 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 it was, it was just an education on directing. Um, and I, you know, you're all in it together. And so I had my own relationships and closeness with the actors. And so I did feel comfortable, you know, if, if there was a moment to, to give, notes but i but i always you always defer to your director you know and make sure that you're realizing his vision before you you go off and start running your mouth to somebody okay i have a really important question for you did you have your own chair and what did it say on it it i had my own chair and it just said my name it just said my name. No, it, I love it, it. Yeah, it said my. It said dream my, come I, true, right? You walk I, on the yeah, set, and there's your chair. Yeah, it was the. It was the. <laughs> it was the coolest thing. I think at one point, they there was like in one of the sets there was like an old toilet or something, and they moved the chair back onto the back of the toilet, and I had to sit there, <laughs> uh, right for the day. But it. But it was. It was fun, and it was so. <clears throat> I, I remember having moments of like this is this is a dream come true because we're sitting there on Comertage, the big magical fortress set. There's things blowing up. I'm sitting next to Sam and I got my laptop and I'm writing scenes that we're going to shoot in a week. And it's just, and I was like, this is it. You know, I, I just try, I might, I might not ever get that again and I'll never get it again for the first time. Um, and so it was a really special experience. I love that awesome. you were able to find the space, that moment to be like, this is, this is amazing, right? Because we can get so caught up in the work and the urgency and the deliverables. And so to be able to like celebrate, even for those seconds that you had of like, this is the coolest thing ever, awesome. right? I just think that's so important for us to stop and well, and also I broke. listen, it's easy right now, a week after the movie came out and did well to be like, God, that was great. I had a blast <laughs> the whole way through. It's probably in the day. I'm of looking at you like you're magical. You had this, you know, this moment, like it sounds so magic because, you know, it's I'm scary when you're on set and the deadlines are coming. No, I mean, I was panicked. I'm calling, I'm away from my wife. It's so cold. I'm like, God, this place, I'm going to die in London. <laughs> but it's like, uh, but no, it, it, it was, it was a great adventure. And, and that, and that, but that's also a testament to Sam. You know, I, I learned in this, in the same way that as a showrunner, uh, you set the tone for your production in a lot of ways you know, Sam, as our, as our director, he was the captain of the ship and, and he was unflappable under the most challenging of circumstances. And, and because of him, it was an adventure. It was not a, a slog, which was nice. That's awesome. Jeff, did you Lovely. have some questions you wanted to ask? I want to make sure before we yeah, I mean, first of all, you invoked the name of James Ponsel. He's like my all-time favorite director. I hope that's okay for me to say. Um, yes, he's the best. He's he's the best. And one thing I love about his work is it's so emotionally honest. Like, I watched the end of the tour like three times a year just because I love that. It reminds me of what it's like to write truthfully. Um, but, you know, I, I'm curious, 
I all of your work really nails that. Like you've been talking about character authenticity and honesty, and I can tell that's a really important priority for you in your work. But at the same time, you're writing these high concept, uber stylized studio movies. How do you navigate that line between like fun, quippy dialogue and like studio kind of elevated style, but also authentic, like human writing when you're approaching big work like you do? I guess it's, I, I mean, the truth is something like heels is probably more in my wheelhouse than Loki, at least to me, than Loki or Doctor Strange. You know, I, it's that's what I would have said. Heels was the pilot that I wrote that started my career, a drama about wrestlers in the South. <laughs> it's a, but I, I found it, it, that I really enjoy, to the extent that it's possible, trying to bring a real authentic humanity um, to this big blockbuster stuff. It seems like one of the hardest flaming hoops to jump through. And I, and that's, that's what's exciting, exciting about it. You know, I, I, in in another life, I'd be happy just sitting, writing plays that take place in a single location. Are you bringing yourself to those When you say to bring the humanity, I have to assume, and maybe I'm wrong, but you have to bring some sort of vulnerability to yourself, like putting yourself in there. Totally, totally. Loki is a story about, and Loki and Doctor Strange are stories about characters obsessed with control uh, coming to grips with the fact that they can't control everything in their lives, which sounds a lot like a screenwriter you know uh, uh that doesn't resonate with me at all that's fine <laughs> yeah and 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 well well certainly that was loki and and in doctor strange um there you know he, he said there's my favorite line in the movie he says to wong he asked wong he says are you happy and they have this conversation about happiness and strange says you'd think saving the world would get you there but it doesn't and that to me i guess i I'll be honest I, w- I was drawing a straight line back to when i sold my very first show when i when, when heels first got optioned when i was 26 and i remember you know i remember up to that point being like this will change this will change my dna and i will forever be happy this is my my dream will come true and um and i'll never not be happy again and of course that wasn't the case i, I woke up and i was still me and and, and <laughs> all the anxieties and, and everything were still there and now <clears throat> nearly a decade later you learn that it's like my happiness is in my family and my wife and you know in 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 the real stuff and and that success whether as a screenwriter or as, as a sorcerer is just a small component of that so i guess yeah i guess i i guess i am trying yeah, and i thought what i love what you did in dr strange too and so many of the storylines is it is about the process like shit's gonna go bad and then it's gonna be great and then it's gonna go bad again but it's like this is your choice. It's almost like creativity itself, right? And that, yes, there's the family component and then there's why you're doing it in terms of um, that creative that creative outlet that it is for you. It's not, it's not the bomb that's going to give you control and make you valuable. It's actually the thing that's going to challenge you, right? It's yeah, it's not <clears throat> like the process of writing a script itself. It's not overnight. It's not, there is no lottery there is no winning lottery ticket moment. It's, you don't write the script all at once. You don't find fulfillment and satisfaction all at once. It's, it's a process. And, and if you get one great idea a day, uh, then you're doing pretty good. And I think that's, that's when writing feels like a nice little metaphor for life. I love that's beautiful, but also I quit. That's no, not happen. no, I can't there's no lottery. <laughs> if I can't wear the crown and be happy and thrilled. no, you can do it. You can do yeah, it. Yeah, that, you're that's still, bullshit. I'm that's, quitting. 
<laughs> I, that's bullshit. I'm, I was just I'm lying. Kidding. I was just trying to sound good on the podcast. I'm kidding. It happens. It's going to happen to you. There's going to be like, the day that our emerging writers are going to get put in the WGA like me, and they're going to hold their card up and take a phone, yeah. a picture, oh. and it's going to be a great day. And there's going to be a day they're walking down a red carpet. Those days yeah. do come. Yes. But that's not, yes. it's not like you change on the other side of that. You still now have to do the work and, you know, you're going to get the one good idea today. And then tomorrow you're going to be like, it doesn't work, but right. it was a good idea. Right. Like it's just, yeah. it is just the tumult. Thank you so much for being here. A oh, ton of time. I do have one more question. Though. Okay. Can one more question. Really quickly about how you got the opportunity to work with Marvel. Like wh yeah. what was that click over? Yes, that was, I, uh, I had created heels. We, we, had, I had run the writer's room for season one at stars in 2017. And then they hadn't greenlit it to series. And I thought that's it for me. I'm done as a writer. I'm that's it. I'll never work again. Uh, and I licked my wounds for a month or two. And then I was like, well, I, I, I want to write, um, I want to write Marvel movies and I want to write Star Wars movies. What do, what do I have to do? And my, my managers and agents said, you need to write a feature spec because I didn't even have one. And so I spent, I guess, the spring of 2018, I wrote a time travel action movie, like a little rom-com thing um, that made its way onto the blacklist that year, but also made its way over to Marvel um, as a sample. And I was just lucky in that um, they were putting together the Loki show and they knew it was gonna have a big time travel component. So it happened to be the right, um, the right sample at the right time. Right, and you you wrote it. I mean, can I just say to all our emerging writers, he wrote it. He probably wrote many, many drafts of it, right? Like that is, you don't know where it's going to go. You don't know what it's going to get you. If that movie ever gets made or what door it opens, it's all about the writing. We yeah, do that's, always. That's, that, yeah, well, yeah I, I, I would just say that that it's, I guess a lot of what we've talked about is like what happens on the other end of like the that, you know, some good stuff happening. One great piece of a one great piece of material can change your life. It really can. It happened to me with the heels pilot, and then I guess again with this feature. But you've got to finish stuff. That's that's the thing. You've got to many finish. times. Yeah, you've right? got to many revise drafts. it. You yeah. got to revise it and finish it many times. Get a lot of feedback. Yep. Um. Uh, we always ask the same three questions uh, before we at the end of our show. Um. So we're going to ask you. So I'll start. What brings you the most joy when it comes to your work? Um, <laughs> just dead silence, just dead air. <laughs> Michael, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Wait, do I say my supposed that was the to? Most, that was most? the most honest answer I think we've gotten, which is um. Uh, <laughs> My oh, you told us you sat there and said you had a moment of joy sitting on set, helping create this thing, San Raimi, things blowing up. You had a moment of joy. Yeah, it, it's I, I guess it's it's when it's when things are crazy and you pull a rabbit out of your hat. And, you know, it, I guess it is that that great idea that feels like it saves the day for for you. Um, that that's a great that's a great moment. And these questions that we ask don't have to apply to Marvel or anything and just be any writing at all. Yeah. Um, just so go ahead. Sorry, Lauren, you want to go? All right. The next one is what pisses you off about your work, about writing? About writing. Um, it's so hard. It's so hard. It, it, it's uh, that you never, that every time you start a new script, you're just starting from scratch. It's not, it's like Tom Brady, when he yeah. goes to play football, he's awesome because he's been doing it his entire, he's built an entire life's worth of skill and ability. He like, like that, whereas me, I feel like I'm, I'm, picking up the football for the very first time in my life. Every time I sit up at the, 
I, I sit down at the, at the computer. It's, it's just how you have to start over every time. It's every time. It's so, so annoying. what is story? What are words? What's a movie? What, how do I type? <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's, that's the thing you, you know, experience really only gets you so far. It's just as hard as it ever was. And uh, the last question, Michael, is if you could be remembered for one scene that you've written, uh, what would that be? <clears throat> um, God, that's a good question. Well, I, I guess it's, I guess the scene that I'm, that I'm really, really proud of is, um, when Loki sees his life flash before his eyes and that, that was, you know, that's not even really much that I did. That's, that's Tom Hiddleston just, just being great. Um, but it's that, almost that, have emotional resonance for you. Yeah. That, that felt like, it just felt like such a cool once in a, in a lifetime sort of thing to take a big blockbuster movie franchise villain that the audience had invested 10 years of emotion into and to get to weaponize that in that way emotionally in that scene just felt on television just felt totally original and and cool and and kate did a great job shooting it just all came together in a way that i i'm really proud of it is it's such a great scene i can see it it's so it, it's so uh inspirational and just burned into my brain i love that scene it's amazing um thank you so much Michael Waldron for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate you being here. We know how busy you are with the opening. Thank, Thank you. you. And both uh, Heels and Loki have been renewed for two seasons. So please check those out. And of course, Dr. Strange is on the big screen. And if you haven't seen it, go see it. Thanks guys. Thank y'all so much. Uh, lastly, next week, we have another Patreon work workshop for our uh, Patreon. So make sure you subscribe and go over there. And uh, that's the show. And remember, you are not alone and keep writing. Thanks for tuning in to the Screenwriting Life. We love our community and we want to get to know you even better. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash the screenwriting life or email us at the screenwriting life at gmail.com to have your question considered for the show. You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also, we'd love for you to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if we don't read your review on air, trust me, we have read it. And not only does it mean the world to us, but it helps other people find the show. We've always been driven by mission and mentorship and reviewing our show helps expand that mission. And of course, until next Sunday, happy writing.